Hello, hello. Thanks for listening to Guidance Counselor 2.0. Listen, I want to give you a quick rundown of what this podcast is and what you're about to get into as you listen to these episodes. We had guidance counselors in middle school. We had guidance counselors in high school, but we didn't really have guidance counselors in college. And now as professionals, we don't really have anybody to turn to, to ask a quick question, to learn something about the job search or to navigate your career. And so that is what I want this podcast to be for you. I want it, for it to be a tool for you to navigate the job search and your career. So that being said, I hope you enjoy this episode. And if you need to reach me, Taylor at Vaco, V-A-C-O.com is how to get in touch with me, old fashioned email, social media at T-D-E-S-S-E-Y-N. T-D-E-S-S-E-Y-N. And finally, please rate and review this in the app store because I want this to be discoverable for others so they can navigate their careers. Hope you enjoy the episode. Brian, let's do a quick intro about yourself. Who are you? Uh, And then we'll just dive right into uh, all the homework that you sent me. Yeah, sure, man. So I'm Brian Darty. I'm the uh, chief operating officer uh, slash chief technical uh, chief technology officer at Jumpstart Health Investors. Um, I've worked in a variety of uh, startups and large corporate enterprises, um, building tech teams, leading tech teams for everything from product to development, QA, DevOps, support, analytics, you name it. Um, uh, one of the things that's a little different about me, I, I didn't really come up in you know, more of the traditional nerdy tech path. Uh, you know, I was, a, I was a football player in high school, was the MVP of my high school football team, played in college at a little D3 school, was the defensive MVP there. So there's a lot where I've uh, formed how I lead and, and how I build teams based on my experiences uh, playing football, which is kind of a different look um, from, uh, from versus a lot of different engineering managers. So I thought it'd be interesting to come in and see like if there's any places, you know, can provide some insight into uh, into some of the things I learned in those experiences and and how you can use those to build you know more effective engineering teams and be more effective in a business setting. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. So, all right. So, I want to dive into. Um, I, I want to go and dive into the first topic today. Um, and, and again, I'm just going off this. This is completely like real time. I haven't really like you know. I'm just. He, Brian sent me a list. I'm looking at it now. Uh, TikTok for those of you who are watching. Sorry, you're, you're seeing my computer screen. Um, all right, so Brian, I, I want to talk about the first thing: trainers train coaches, coach players play. So I want to break that down. So what? What? what trainers train, coaches coach. That's it. That, yeah, that makes more yeah. sense. Trainers yeah. train, coaches coach, players play. Break that down and kind of how it would apply to obviously the business world. Yeah, man. So like, there's roles and responsibilities are important. Right. And if you try to be everything and to everyone, you're not going to be effective. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's many times where you've got to, you know, respect your position and respect the expertise of those that are in that role for a reason, even if sometimes you think you might know best. Right. So, right. you know, in the football field, there's many times where a player says, you know, they take a lick, their head hurts. Right. And they want to get back out there. Their drilling's running out there and keep kicking some ass. Right. But if the trainer says, you need to sit down, you know, we'll get yeah. you back in next quarter or next week, you got to step back, right? You know, you're not the right. trainer. You got to do their job and let them be effective, right? Right. Um, same thing with uh, um, with coaches, right? You know, you might think that you see what the what the offense is doing or what the other team is doing, um, and you might not always agree with the play that the coach calls, right? But you got to let the coach coach, and then the coach also has to let the player play, right? Like, they can't go in and, like, completely micromanage and get so deep and make the players so neurotic that they can't play their game ball, right? The coach isn't there to actually 
be on the field playing. So it's really about like understanding where you fit in into an organization and how you can all work to be effective, but also more catching yourself when you're starting to get, you know, out of your lane in an unhealthy way, right? Where, um, you know, while you might have more insight in a moment, potentially, you know, generally it can slow everything down and make everybody less effective if you start, you know, trying to do somebody else's, uh, somebody else's job where you might not have the knowledge, might not have the expertise, and it stops you from having that really, you know, sound cohesiveness as a team. Well, and I think also too, I mean, I I think, you know, stay in your lane, I think is uh, maybe another thing. And that may seem, you know, a, a bad thing to say out loud, but talk about the importance of, from a coach's perspective, letting your team play loose. And so I actually became fascinated with this concept of playing loose during COVID because I saw my teams, I mean, like things were clenched. You know what I'm right. saying? Like, like people got nervous. Am I going to get laid off? And I was like, listen, friends, you're good. Just go out and recruit, go out and have fun. Enjoy being at home. Enjoy different change of scenery. Enjoy intentional conversations with developers across the country, helping people. What's the importance of playing loose? And then how as a leader, can we instill that vibe with our team? Right. I mean, like one of the important things, and it's easier a little bit in, in football, like no matter what anybody tells you, you know, until you get to the point where you're in the NFL and, you know, your livelihood actually rides on it. You know, I was playing D3 football, high school football. Okay. Sure. It's a game, right? You're playing it because it's fun, right? You know, not so we can make it to the NFL, not so, you know, we can get some crazy scholarship or something like that, right? So, you know, by treating it like a game and to your point, playing loose, it just, it frees you up to actually, you know, not make so many mistakes, right? Because right. when you go in and start like making every play critical and there's, there's another, uh, there's another line in there I sent over, you know, next play, right? Like the only thing that matters is the, is the current play, right? Right. And if it doesn't matter what happened previously, whether it was great, right? You know, you put, you know, you did something amazing. You found some horrible bug in the code, saved the day. Wonderful, right? That was great. That plays over. Next play, right? It yeah. doesn't matter if you just forgot to highlight your where clause and did a uh, SQL statement and, oh, no, I just updated 83 million rows in the database and took down production, right? Like, we've all been there, right? Like, it doesn't matter. Next play, right? You know, how do you respond right. to, to, to what's put in front of you the next way? And if you go in and try to, like, get everybody – playing from a place of fear, like you can't play scared, right? So yeah. if if you put them in a spot where there's this feeling that if you make a mistake, you know, it's going, you're going to get pulled, you're going to get benched, the team's, you know, it's going to lose, you're going to lose, right? Like, whatever, like, people just can't play appropriately, right? You got to play back, let the game come to you some and, you know, because because that's where your creativity is, right? Otherwise, you get so much tunnel vision, you end up tripping over your own two feet. And getting yeah. hit by issues otherwise that, you know, you'd catch and see if you're just playing light on your feet and having a good time with it. Absolutely. Absolutely. What What do you think the biggest thing? And I don't know why I'm blurry right now. I got to try to fix this. <laughs> That's driving me insane. Why? What, what What would you tell the managers? Like, what's your biggest key to allow your team to, to, to play loose? That's a good question. I think it's making it clear that as a leader – you are going to take responsibility for anything that goes south, Ooh. right? You know, yeah. like 
Um, a good leader, a good manager, the successes are always owned by the team and the failures are always owned by the manager and the leader, right? Mm, so if you've that. got a coach or a manager, a leader that that's leading in that fashion, it frees everybody up because then everybody knows that all I'm really responsible for is listening, being coachable, right? Yeah. And playing the best I can and not playing selfishly. And right. if everybody on your team functions that way, where they're playing, where they're working and playing for the guy next to them, right? Yeah. Um, and they're putting the time to, you know, follow procedures, I guess would be the, would be the, you know, the corollary in engineering, right? Like sure. you're not going out and like making changes to production directly or skipping code reviews or, or whatever, right? Like right. there's a lot of stories there, right? As long as you're doing the right things, right? And trying your hardest, then, you know, you, you should be successful. And there's going to be times where you're not, right? right. Like, you know, you're not going to win every game, but it's right. it's how you play it, how hard you play it. And and the real leaders free up their team to think and play that way and insulate them from all the other crap, right? Whether it be external stakeholders or other managers in the department that maybe don't run their teams that way or injections or like whatever, right? Like, I mean, all right. of that has to be guarded by your engineering manager um, so that people can run and play effectively. I love that. I love that. Um, and oh my gosh, my camera is driving me absolutely insane. Um, so, yeah, so, so let me, so you put in here fourth and one look over. So I'm kind of yeah. curious with that. So I was in the marching band. Uh, so um, basically I, uh, um, so Brandon comes in, hold on. Why do all of these conversations around leadership sound the same and often don't provide anything groundbreaking and yet still come off as groundbreaking because people still won't do the things we've always been known they should do. <laughs> it's a great, great question, right? I've often wondered the same thing. All of this seems so obvious, but you go into so many organizations it's like, why don't you do this? Right. I think yeah. often from a place of fear, right? Like, I mean, you can get, in, you can survive so much in ambiguity, especially in large corporations, right? Oh when yeah. You say, when you say this is on me, right, and really mean that and really do it right, that can put you in the crosshairs. And a lot of people don't have the self confidence and the self validation to do that and genuinely put their team first, right? right. Like it, you know, it, it it takes a different mindset to look at it. And so many people are promoted quickly or brought in that really don't know what's going on and you know, the Peter principles in play that it, it, it it's not as, and it's not always appreciated, right? Like if you're in a pathological culture of a corporation, you can get, you know, you can get sniped because of that, right? Yeah. So um, you got to find a corporation that's the right culture to support it. And then the right person that goes and embraces and builds that culture on top of it to really run that way. And the companies that do that, it's awesome, right? I mean, yeah. it's, it's great. Well, so, I, I, I think, going back to playing loose, I think having a culture where you're allowed to make mistakes and not just get yelled at or passive aggressive yeah. comments, I think it goes from the top. Right. And, and I think, you know, Brandon, I mean, I think what your talk, what your question is and what your comment is, is, is so true. But for me, it's one of these things where this stems from the top. And I think there's a lot of people who, like if the upper leaders aren't take are, aren't being vulnerable in front of their teams and taking accountability and say, Hey, I messed up. This was my fault. That's not going to trickle down like that. Like you're the, whoever's number one within your group or your division, or your organization, or your company, like it needs to be set from the top. But yeah, if, exactly. if those, those leaders at the top are just 
you know, cloak and daggers, kind of like just, you know, not really taking accountability, man, that just, it trickles down tremendously. It trickles the other down piece there, the other piece there, Taylor and Brandon, that's really important, right? It's really easy. It's not really easy. I don't, I don't mean that. Right. But yeah. it's more straightforward for an engineering manager to act like that and a leader to act like that. Right. Mm -hmm. But the next step is building a culture within your team to where the entire team acts like that. Okay, right. because, yeah, you can have a very supportive, nice, kind, has your back manager. That's wonderful. But you're usually going to be working on a larger team. And if there's, to your point, microaggressions, chips, like if you're looking over your shoulder for the for the teammate next to you and you don't really go in and regulate and really implement that culture across the board and make sure everybody's either on the bus or gets the hell off the bus, um, yeah. then then you're not going to be effective. Right. It's. It's one person can't be the culture, right? They have to right. be the, the champion that causes the entire culture to grow across the board, top to bottom, left to right. Yeah. And Brandon, again, kind of thrown up uh, some good comments. Should companies allow employees to put up something that essentially looks like a vote of no confidence if their leadership sucks? Like, shouldn't, shouldn't companies have more mechanisms to throw red flags about their leadership performance and empower ground level employees, empower ground level employees to be part of that conversation? That's hard uh, to grow a or to scale an organization, have a place where you can say things and not necessarily feel like you're singled out and reprimanded. I don't know. I, I feel like more organizations need this. Brian, do you have any solutions at all? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, so there, I got two, right? So one of the more, you know, um, Six Sigma, super Jack Donaghy corporate ways of doing it um is the uh 360 degree reviews right yeah. um and those are really valuable okay so a 360 degree review um is where a person that they're placed in the org chart they're reviewed by their superiors right their bosses right mm -hmm. they're reviewed by their colleagues so like if i was a vp in the organization my previous organization right i'd be reviewed by the cio right who is my mm -hmm. boss um i'd be reviewed by the VP of data analytics and the VP of IT operations, right? So my yeah. colleagues, and then reviewed by many of uh, of the folks that are beneath you in the org chart, right? That roll mm -hmm. up to you. So I'd be also reviewed by a junior developer, my architect, my product manager. Um, and so like by doing that, you go and get, you know, feedback from across the board, right? And it can be anonymized or not, right? Um, so that that's one way of doing it, right? And that's a more formal way. Right. Um, Good leaders, you do it in their one-on-ones, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. every one of my one-on-ones, I um, I end with, you know, what can I do to make your life better, and what can I, and what can I do to be better, right? Yep. Um, so, good leaders should be soliciting that feedback, right? Now, the problem is, um, generally, the ones that are soliciting it the most are the ones that need it the least. Um, so. That's where it's a challenge. But again, that comes back to more of what's your organizational's culture, right? Yeah. Like, um, you know, one of the great things about my former boss, he had an open door policy with everybody in the IT department and he meant it, right? Like if you had any questions or concerns about your manager, you could walk in and talk to him and say, this is what he wasn't going to go and rat you out and tell the manager the details, right? Yeah. Um, but like he would, he would take that and see if there's any way he could provide constructive feedback 
during the one-on-ones with the managers, right? So seeing those kinds of things, seeing those servant leaders like top to bottom, seeing those open door policies and to actually mean it and then actually taking advantage of the open door, you know, there's ways to do it um, in the right cultures. But again, it comes down to the culture from top to bottom. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So fourth and one. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Because again, like I said, fourth and one, look over. Where what's where where was your head at when you sent that to me? Yeah, so my college football coach Andy Fry, um, great guy. Shout great out guy. Andy Fry if you're watching. Shout yeah, exactly. If you saw, you know, if, if you just happen to watch Taylor's stream here, um, <laughs> but he, one of his go-to sayings, and I've heard it four hundred times over the last twenty years, um, is um, you know, when it's fourth and one and the game's on the line, you don't look over to the coach and point at him and say, "Hey, coach, this one's for you." Right? You look at the guys next to you. Right. Um, and yeah. I think that's so important when you're building a, um, an engineering team that really wants to accomplish something, because mm. there are times in engineering where it's fourth and one. Right. Where you're tired. You've been putting out a production fire. You've got some major deliverable and you've been going through crunch time. And, you know, you got to find that, you know, pull up that last bit of strength, concentration. You know, you just want to go to bed and it's. It's how do you look over to the people next to you that you've been sweating with, you know, you know, mentally, right? You've been working so hard together as a group to get some deliverable over the finish line and say, you know what? I'm not really doing this for the coach. I'm not really doing this for the company. You know what I mean? Like, I'm doing it for my team here. My team's sure. relying on me. I'm relying on them. You know, let's look at each other and use that as motivation to find the way to get this done, right? Yep. And if you're building yep. strong teams that really, like, appreciate each other and respect each other and, you know, expect each other's abilities. Um, when it comes to that crunch time, you do that and you look over and, and that's what you want, right? That Those are the teams that come to play at that fourth and one situation and make the stop, right? Yeah, or, or, yeah. or, or, or pound the ball in, right? Um, so that's what that one means. I love that. I love that. Um, let's see here. I'm going to go to another one here. Sure. Um, let's see here. First, let's see here. Lane exhausted in the field of battle. That sounds super epic. What were your thoughts on that? Yeah, so I mean, that's a uh, that's a Lombardi uh, that's a Lombardi quote, which I'm going to uh, going to going to butcher, right? Yeah. And it basically is, you know, there's no better feeling than um, at the end of a game lying exhausted on the field of battle, uh, victorious, right? Yeah. And that's what you want to really like shoot for, right? Um, you know, in your career and whatever you're pursuing with passion, right? You want to know that when, you know, the whistle blows, when the deliverables delivered, that you did everything you can, you did everything that was in your power to make your team, your company, your product successful, right? Um, You know, obviously within reason, right? I mean, like, you you don't want to sacrifice like your work-life balance or your your family, all that, but, you know, you are laying there at the end saying, I did everything I could. And you know what? We ended up pulling it off. Right. And there's no yep. greater feeling in the world than knowing you gave it at all. When you're beat up, you're tired, you're bloody, you're exhausted. And, you know, that's the best feeling there is. Right. Is knowing you left it all in the field. You did everything you could to get something done um, and you succeeded. Right. right. Um, so th- that's I what love I, that. Yeah. I love that. Um, next thing. Aim small, miss small. Curious on that one. Aim small, miss small. Yeah, so this was something that was originally a football thing. And then, like, I think Mel Gibson co-opted it in, like, the movie The Patriot back in the day, right? Um, But it's this concept that 
Yeah, we're all we're all over the place today. We're talking about football, <laughs> Mel Gibson, the Patriot. I mean, we're just I mean, marching band. Yeah, everything. You know, it's it's perfect, right? Everything, everything goes. Need a little variety. Um, yeah. So it's this concept of of when you're setting out to do something, right? Accomplish a task, right? In football, it's you know. I play defensive end, and so much comes down to what the first movement of the player is in front of me, right? Mm. So rather than focusing on the entire player, take a very small part of the player. Maybe it's just a little hole in their jersey, right? And focus on where that hole goes, okay? Now, if you're focusing on the whole player, right, and they move one way, you might completely miss them. But if you're focusing on something very specific, um, that's by a little bit, and you're still going to hit the player, right? So going to do something, don't just look at the whole project and say, all right, we're going to go knock out this whole thing, right? It's, all right, break it down into small pieces and really focus on how are you going to hit those, right? How are you going to knock right. those out? You know, when you're when you're doing product and figuring out what a feature should be, right? Don't just be like, okay, cool, they're going to interact with the system. Get down to the granularity you need to where, even if you don't 100% nail what the what the customer is giving you, you're still going to be close enough to be effective, right? So that that's aim small, miss ball. And obviously, in the Patriot, that was a shooting thing to where like you know aim at a button, not at the, not at the person. But uh, sure, but yeah, sure. So. And 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 what and talk to me too, because I feel like that's. So I feel like this this is systematically in tech in general, right? Like basically, when it comes to you know, I, I could talk about during the interview process and people can't explain things they have done in detail, right? I, you know, a lot of times within delivery, you know, I think there's a lot of times where there's more of just a general way of thinking or a general oversight and people aren't being attention to detail. Um, how, how, how can, how can, I guess an individual like help improve that mindset or, or how can someone work on aiming small? Yeah. So I think it's first figure out what matters. Right. Like, I mean, it comes back to the why you're you're actually doing what you're trying to do. Right. Like, I know when a person's moving in front of me, the why I'm doing this is because if they move this way, it's probably going to be one of these plays. If they move at me, it's going to be one of these plays. Like, sure. I understand the 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 why I need to know which you know, which direction they're going. Right. Um, And so then I know how to, you know, really look at them and detect that as quickly as possible. Right. Right. When you're when you're explaining something to an interviewer, it's kind of the same thing. It's like, all right, why are they asking me this question? Right. Yeah. Do they really want to understand my level of technical expertise in this area? Do they want to understand? Have I faced adversity in uh, in a situation? I need to give that example. Do they want to understand have I completed something before? Right. Are they trying to understand if I have a creative aspect of this? Right. So it's it's a little bit on the fly, you know, at least in an interview setting of saying, all right, what are they trying to get at? And then that can hone you into like that small area. It's like, okay, they're really want to make sure I understand what um, what an arc, you know, what a three tier architecture is. It's like, okay, cool. Now I've got three places to aim, right? Like, you know, I can talk about the front end, I can talk about the, the middle tier, right? Sure. Um, and just and just narrow it down that way. And then it's really easy to, you know, just say, cool, what are the high points around this? Right. So does that help? That's that's kind no, of it does. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think that's, that's my, you know, advice to, to all people watching this now in the future. I, I think get really good at getting really granular. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think one of the way, I mean, I, I talk about this all the time. I'm gonna be honest with you. Tweeting has helped me a ton, like <laughs> learning how to write, learning how to communicate in small, like micro pieces, micro, like, you know, 
thoughts, Twitter's really helped with that. So, you know, if you're wanting to try to get better communication and people are talking about how to get, get better communication, honestly, journaling, writing, like all that stuff helps a ton. Um, another thing I want to ask too, as we wrap up here in the last five minutes, because I'm curious where your head was at when you sent this to me, because I'll give my thoughts as well. Play any position. Yeah, so, yeah. I have some thoughts on this, but I def obviously interviewing you. So I want to hear your thoughts first. Sure. I mean, this is like, this is really important when you're starting out, but it's also equally important when you've been doing it for years, right? Like, so when you're starting out playing the game, you know, especially like you're in high school, right? You're not going to be as developed physically, right? You're pretty much just fodder for the seniors and juniors and first team, right? So there's going to be lots of opportunities to jump in and play different positions on the field. And football is one of those unique sports where like, Every position is very different, right? Like the quarterback is playing a different game than the defensive tackle who's playing a different game than the wide receiver who's playing a different game than the linebacker. It is completely different, right? right. Um, so taking that opportunity when the coach says, hey, I need a player for blah to hop in and get exposure, right? Like, you know, yeah, you're not going to know what you're doing, but you can go out there and try. You can learn more about how that position works. And that makes you a better player later, even if you don't want to play in that position because – you know what that position does. You've got at least some context and awareness of it, right? That goes over completely the same way to when you're starting out your career, right? If you're a junior developer somewhere and you're like, well, I really like front end, whatever, right? If they need somebody to help on the back end, hop over, throw your hand up. I will gladly do this and learn how to write some store procedures or write some SQL queries, right? Yeah, yeah. You, know, you know, we need help in the middle tier. Great. I will totally take and start writing some API hooks, right? Like, Whatever, like be willing to do good outside of your current position and get exposure to all of it. Because one, you might find out you like another position better. And two, right. it's going to make you more effective in your position because you know how the other positions play. When you get the when you get to be a manager, right, and higher up, it's also important. Take that time to go and shadow other people in the organization, especially outside your department, right? Yep. Go watch the users, go watch other leadership and see how they manage their teams. Go understand how ops work, how the finance team work, how, how things work through the business processes, right? Like it's so important because getting that context, it doesn't take much time and it makes you so much more effective and valuable to the organization to do that. So throw your hand up and say, yeah, put me in, I'll go try that position for a little bit, right? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And, and, and I think that's something that I like to do on my team. So, uh, you know, not that Will Muschamp did a great job at South Carolina. Um, but I one thing that he was known for is cross training his defensive backs and, you know, safeties corners, yep. basically cross training them to where that they can fill in if somebody's hurt, needs a break or something. And I've kind of taken that mentality with my team is that, for, for, for me, um, we need, I like to cross train my people on both sales and, um, recruiting because what I have seen is our best salespeople have come from a recruiting background and understand the technical aspect of it and who can also sell. Um, and then, you know, and so for me, I'm always trying to cross train my people and play different positions because, because I think that also uh, in, in, invokes a level of buy-in, right? That everyone's on the same team and appreciation, right? Yeah, yeah. De that definitely appreciation. Um, so, all right, Brian, as we wrap up here, so I, I started asking this question to people um, since you've come on the show because okay. it's guidance counselor 2.0, and basically, you know, want to give specific feedback. What would you tell? 
your younger self, like what is a career tip or something you would encourage your younger self to do uh, before you started on your professional journey? Yeah, I think it's validation has got to come from within, right? Ooh. Like, you know, it's, you always want to be hungry. You always want to be driving, you know, success of your team, of your org, you know, um, and it's great to get the head pats and everything, but if you can't be like, um, what's the word, you know, satisfied by like, you knowing when you're doing your best and you knowing when you're adding value, then there's no amount of work, achievement, recognition, um, hours put in the job that that's going to convince you of that. So really making sure you're working on your own mental health and, yeah. and looking for that as you go. Right. Um, cause it's easier to start that earlier than try to figure it out later. Right. Um, yeah. Especially if some damage has been done. Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. Awesome. All right, y'all. Well, thank you, Brian. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. That was fun. Yeah. I, I really like that. I really like that. And anytime I can talk sports with tech, it's a blast. Um, y'all go connect with Brian. Um, he, he's a great resource. Um, and, uh, and, and y'all have a wonderful weekend. Um, and I will see y'all next week for another great week of guests. And uh, yeah, talk to you soon. Thanks, y'all. Peace. Hey, you did it. You listened to an entire episode, and I am very grateful because you know why? There's a lot of podcasts out there. There's a lot of episodes, and I myself rarely finish an entire episode. So I appreciate you so, so much for listening. Quick reminder, please rate and review this podcast in the App Store. I want this to be discoverable to others, and the only way that happens is if you take the time right now and rate and review it. Please, like right now. Unless you're driving, then don't do it. So thank you again. If you need to reach out to me, taylor at vaco.com or at tdesson on all social media handles. And I hope you have a fantastic day.